Welcome to the Albany Update with Reverend Jason J. McGuire, Executive Director of New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms. Now, with this week's Albany Update, here's Jason McGuire. Hello, and thank you for joining this week's episode of the Albany Update. We're in the final weeks of the 2023 legislative session in Albany. So in today's program, I'd like to offer a little bit of a legislative briefing. I'll be telling you about a couple of bills that our organization is still trying to stop and three bills that we're working to get passed before legislators leave the state house. Let's get started. First up is the so-called Transgender Youth Safe Haven Bill. On May 22nd, ABC News reported that at least 18 states have passed laws or policies that restrict gender-affirming care for people under the age of legal majority, which is the threshold of legal adulthood. So-called gender-affirming care can best be defined as the use of puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, and or surgical procedures to facilitate a person's futile attempts to become a member of the opposite sex. This type of care can have truly disastrous consequences and can also be irreversible. Given the fact that gender-affirming care has become available to impressionable young people in recent years, states' efforts to protect minor patients from it are most welcome. Unfortunately, however, the state of New York is moving in the opposite direction. There's a bill, it's Senate 2475, sponsored by Manhattan Democrat Senator Brad Hoylman Segal, and the companion legislation in the Assembly, Assembly 6046, sponsored by Rochester Democrat Harry Bronson. This legislation seeks to prevent the state of New York from cooperating with other states in regard to arrests, subpoenas, and extraditions arising from the enforcement of -of out-of-state laws banning gender-affirming care for patients of any age. Furthermore, the bill would prevent New York medical personnel who provide gender-affirming care from suffering adverse action with regard to licensure or insurance. This legislation could encourage New York medical professionals to provide gender-affirming care to out-of-state patients, including minors, in violation of the laws of their respective states of residence. The legislation has been approved by the Senate Judiciary Committee and by the Assembly Codes Committee, and as of June 1st, it has been referred to the Senate Codes Committee and the Assembly Rules Committee. To help New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms prevent this bill from passing in 2023, please visit our Legislative Action Center at albanyupdate.com and write to your elected officials. Urge them to oppose the so-called Transgender Youth Safe Haven Bill. Next up is the Reproductive Health Services Training Grant Program. In the waning days of the 2023 legislative session in New York, Pro-abortion lawmakers continue to push to make the Empire State's abortion laws even more extreme and abhorrent than they already are. There's legislation, Senate 3060, sponsored by Manhattan Democrat Senator Liz Kruger, and Assembly 3279, sponsored by Assemblymember Epstein, and it would create a reproductive health and education grant program. Each of these bills would allow the New York State Department of Health to issue grants for clinical training in the performance of abortion and related reproductive health services. Grants issued by the Department of Health pursuant to these bills would be used for administration, faculty recruitment and development, startup costs, and costs incurred teaching reproductive health care. The purpose of the bills 
is to reduce barriers for medical residents who want to train and provide essential medical care that has been wrongly politicized. Rather than using New Yorkers' tax dollars to train the next generation of abortionists, the state of New York should seek to reduce the number of abortions and to provide funding for abortion alternatives. The legislation, Assembly 3279, was approved by the Assembly Health Committee on May 9th by a vote of 17 to 8. The bill has been referred to the Influential Assembly Ways and Means Committee for further consideration. Because bills approved by the Ways and Means Committee sometimes proceed to the Assembly floor for a full vote, there is concern that this bill could pass the Assembly in the coming days. To help prevent this bill from passing, please write your elected officials today and urge them to oppose it. Again, we've made it quick and easy to do so by simply visiting our Legislative Action Center at albanyupdate.com connect. We frequently talk about bills that we're trying to block or to stop in Albany because most of the work that New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms does is we're putting out fires. But there is good legislation that we're trying to get passed as well. And one example of that is up next. Some liberal advocates have a bleak vision for end-of-life care in New York that centers on the legalization of assisted suicide. New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms profoundly disagrees with that vision. Rather than letting doctors play God by prescribing lethal drugs to terminally ill persons, we support increasing the availability of hospice and palliative care. Senate 4858, sponsored by Senator Michelle Hinchy, and Assembly 5587, sponsored by Assemblymember Monica Wallace, would establish a new Office of Hospice and Palliative Care Access and Quality within the New York State Department of Health. Hospice and palliative care practitioners manage the symptoms of patients experiencing serious or terminal illnesses, and they help to keep those patients comfortable. The bill memorandum asserts that New York's underutilization of hospice care results in remarkably high hospitalization readmissions, creating additional burdens on New York State's already overwhelmed hospital finances and resources. The creation of a new office devoted exclusively to hospice and palliative care would improve access to these services, helping seriously ill New Yorkers and their families. The proposed Office of Hospice and Palliative Care Access and Quality would make recommendations to improve the care of patients with serious illnesses, eliminate barriers to hospice and to palliative care access, monitor the utilization of end-of-life care and the quality of such care, and offer education on hospice and palliative care. Last year, the Office of Hospice and Palliative Care Bill passed the State Senate and the State Assembly, but was vetoed by Governor Kathy Hochul on the grounds that it had budgetary implications. While this bill was not included in the 2023-2024 state budget, the legislation passed the Assembly as a standalone bill on May 24, 2023, by a vote of 142 to 0. The bill is on third reading in the Senate, which means that it could be voted upon at any time. The bill memorandum accompanying the Office of Hospice and Palliative Care bill asserts that the fiscal implications of the bill are minimal. Accordingly, it should not be necessary for this bill to be included in the budget. We call upon the legislature and Governor Hochul to enact this legislation as a standalone bill in 2023. Please help push the Office of Hospice and Palliative Care bill over the finish line by writing to your state senator and to Governor Kathy Hochul in support of it, 
Again, you guessed it, you'll find an easy-to-use action alert on our Legislative Action Center at albanyupdate.com. Now let's talk about Medicaid coverage for post-childbirth hospital stays. As a Christian organization, New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms supports policies that promote strong families. And one pro-family bill that our organization supports is Senate 1241, sponsored by Senator Sanders, and Assembly 5966, sponsored by Assemblymember Vivian Cook. This legislation would require Medicaid to cover at least 48 hours of inpatient hospital care for mothers and their newborn babies. This legislation would give Medicaid recipients the same protections that are already provided by law to persons with private insurance coverage. The legislation would help to prevent mothers and babies on Medicaid from having to leave the hospital for insurance reasons when they are not yet ready to return home. It would also promote the health and well-being of newborn babies, as it would make it more likely for certain health problems to be observed and treated before babies leave the hospital. Passing this legislation is also a matter of fairness, as families receiving Medicaid should not receive medical care that is inferior to the care received by families that are covered by private health insurance. For mothers who have given birth via cesarean section, this legislation would require coverage for a minimum of 96 hours. Mothers and babies who are discharged from the hospital before these time periods have expired would be entitled to coverage for a home care visit upon request. The bill would also require that Medicaid's maternity care coverage include help for new mothers in learning how to feed their babies. The legislation, Senate 1241 and Assembly 5966, has been introduced multiple times in prior years, but has not received a vote in either house of the New York State Legislature. As of June 1, 2023, the bill has been referred to the Assembly Health Committee and is on third reading in the Senate. Please write to your elected officials today and encourage them to pass Senate 1241 Sanders and Assembly 5966 Cook in 2023. You'll find an action alert on our Legislative Action Center at albanyupdate.com. And finally today, there's the Infant Recovery Center's pilot program bill. In New York and across the United States, opioid addiction has become a crisis. According to the Centers for Disease Control, drug overdoses accounted for 70,237 deaths in the U.S. in 2017. Two-thirds of those deaths were opioid-related. Opioids do not just take a toll on adults, they also take a toll on babies who are born with opioid withdrawal symptoms. As the number of opioid-addicted adults has increased, so is the number of infants suffering from opioid withdrawal, also known as neonatal abstinence syndrome. Those infants need specialized medical care. Bill Senate 266 Rivera and Assembly 448 Gunther, the Infant Recovery Center's pilot program, would respond to the needs of infants suffering from opioid withdrawal by creating an Infant Recovery Center's pilot program. Under this legislation, the New York State Department of Health would open at least four recovery centers across the state for infants suffering from withdrawal symptoms. The bill would also require the department to report to the legislature on the effectiveness of the program. This important legislation passed the Senate in 2019, 2020, and 2021, and passed the Assembly yet again in 2022. 
This year, the bill has been referred to the Senate Finance Committee and the Assembly Ways and Means Committee. Once again, I encourage you to write to your elected officials today and urge them to support the Infant Recovery Center's pilot program bill. And, you guessed it, you're going to find that action alert on our Legislative Action Center at albanyupdate.com. Okay, I know that in this program today I have thrown a bunch of bill numbers at you and a a bunch of issues, and I try not to do that, even though I think it's helpful to have some of that information. I know it can also be difficult to take it in by listening to a radio program or a podcast. So I want to encourage you to visit our website, albanyupdate.com. Each of the bills that I've discussed today are available in our Legislative Action Center. Yes, you can write to your elected officials there, but there's also articles in our blog section that discusses each of these issues and gives you the bill numbers again in case you'd have a chance to write them down while you were driving, listening to this program, or doing other things. There are also position papers on our website. So if you look at the tab, position papers, you're going to find a bunch of bills and things that we're following here at New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms. You can be as involved as you want. You can see the position paper, share the articles in your social media, contact elected officials. We give you everything you need to be educated, informed, equipped, so you can engage New York State government here in the you know, Empire State with the things that are important to you. We're in the final week of the legislative session, and that's going to mean a lot of late nights, a lot of busy activity. You're probably going to see a lot more emails this week from our organization. But it all leads to what we hope is success in advocating for biblical principles in our government. Thank you for supporting our work. You have been listening to the Albany Update, hosted by the Reverend Jason J. McGuire, Executive Director of New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms. New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms exists to influence legislation and legislators for the Lord Jesus Christ. To learn more about this ministry, issues you've heard on the program, or to make a financial contribution in support of New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms, visit albanyupdate.com or call 585-225-2340. Additionally, you can mail correspondence to P.O. Box 107, Spencerport, New York, 14559. You can receive the latest legislative updates at facebook.com slash albanyupdate, Follow New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms on Twitter at Albany Update or sign up to receive the weekly Albany Update email by texting the word FREEDOM to 22828.